awesome time in worship. Amen. Um, I just felt so good. It, it was uh, the presence of the Lord is is everything I think um, that we need in life. Uh, I don't know about you, but I can't go too long without being in God's presence. I know we're always in God's presence technically, if you want to be technical, right? But there's there's an awareness and there's a there's a, a weightiness that you feel when when you become aware of the fact that he's with you. And uh, we don't do that often. We don't often uh, are aware of his presence in our lives. And when we do become aware of it, we see how actually how strong it is. Amen. And how powerful it is, but how soothing and also calm it is. And and if there's any storms in our lives, there's nothing like the presence of God. Amen. If there's any trouble in our lives, there's nothing like the presence of God. I've, I've been in, in situations and trials and tribulations and jumped in the car and started to cry out to God by myself and ask the Lord to move in my life. And, and he's there. Amen. And so let's, let's continue that this year and in our own personal lives. We would continue to just be aware of God's presence in our life. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and therefore, the presence of God is with us. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, no matter where you're at, God is still with you. Now, that can be scary and good at the same time, amen? But He is always with you, amen? amen. So today, um, we're going to be talking about something that happened in my life in regards, and it relates to all of us here um, as a church something that God did in my life and, and something that transpired over months and it affected every part of my life. It, it changed every aspect of my life and I want to talk to you about that, an outlook that changed for me, a, a perspective that changed for me, how I saw things, how I see things now. Um, so we're going to talk about the vision that God gave me for our church, but it's not just a vision for this year, but a vision uh, for a lifetime, I think. Um, so uh, when we were preparing for, for 2015 atmosphere, a move of God, this one, and I was preparing a sermon about the dry bones. You guys, I'm sure, have heard of the dry bones in the book of Ezekiel, amen, some of you. So I was preparing for that message, and, and God challenged me that year. I think that's when it started. It was subtle, but it started. And God said... Um, it's good that you guys have events. Like, it's good. It's, you know, you're blessed by those events. But what happens after the excitement of the events? Why does it fade away? He asked me that question, and I started to ask other people that question. And I think we even said it out loud here. We asked you guys that question. And God just began to challenge me in that. And so the next year, uh, God began to, again, just shake my world. He began to just ask me questions about why we are a church, why are we here as a church, why do we get together every Sunday and every Friday, or, or why, why are we a church, not just that gets together on the weekends, but why are we a church period here on earth, what, why am I a pastor, and, and everything. He asked me why about everything, and uh, 
So in 2015 or 2016, excuse me, God began to challenge me to really look at the, at the scope of things and, and what God wanted to do for Grace and Love Church. And, and at that time, I remember thinking like meditating with the Lord and, and thinking, okay, God, um, you know, we can't just be busy with stuff. Amen. We need to be, we, it's not just about quantity of stuff, but the quality time that we spend with each other as a family and the quality time that we spend with God. Amen. So we, we decided to not have atmosphere that last year. And we did have, she is, right? But we almost didn't, to be honest with you. We almost didn't. I think we pushed it from March to May. And we were kind of like, we, don't, we didn't feel that that's what God wanted to do for 2016. And so we also didn't have the retreat. But we're having it in March, don't worry. <clears throat> but I, I felt that God was like, I want you to focus and all of us to focus on why we are a church. Why did God call Grace and Love Church? There's a reason for it. It's not just to get together. Those, those are awesome moments. We just had an amazing time in worship. Uh, we had an amazing time at our, at our Christmas party. Amen. Did you guys have fun? I had fun and I ate a lot. And uh, it's not just that. There's a, there's a particular mission that God has given us as a church, us here at Grace and Love Church. So last year, God began to ask me these two questions. And he said, what is the will? What is my will for earth? And what is my will for the church? And I said, well, you know, uh, you know how you know Christianese, those of you that have grown up in church and been in church for a long time, even when God asks you questions, you start to answer him in just like the normal Christian language. You know, like when you ask someone, hey, how's, how's it going? You're like, and they're like, oh, I'm so blessed, brother. You know, but really they're just going through a lot of stuff. So sometimes when God asks us questions, we'll answer him the same way. And I did. I said, uh, he said, what's my will for, for earth and what's my will for the church on earth? And I was like, well, Lord, you know, the word says, right? You remember you wrote it and you inspired people to write it. The word says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And I said that, and, and, and yeah, like I, I thought I, I figured it out, and, but he kept asking, and he kept going, but what is it? Yeah, it says, your will be done, but what is my will for this earth? What is my will for this whole thing? Why did I create it? Why did, did I create Adam and Eve? Why did they fall? Why did, I, why did I send Jesus? Why did I redeem it? What is this all about? What, 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 what did I, what's the plan here? What's the outcome? Is it just to live life? Is it just to go to church? Is it just to go to Bible study? Is it just to live? What, what is the purpose behind every plan that God has set forth? Everything has a, has a purpose. Everything has a plan that the Father planned way before he even created us. He had a plan for us, amen? And so he, he knows what's happening every moment of time. And he has a plan that he has rolled out to, to form something, to create something. So he kept asking me, mind you, this whole transition, this whole, this whole journey for me was was pretty much all of last year. 
And last year I would, I would preach here and there, but I was going through stuff because God was challenging me. He was asking me, what is this all about? Why are you doing it? And those are tough questions, especially for a leader. For, for a pastor, it's tough. Because at times it's like, I don't know, to worship you, to, to love on people. But why? Why do we do even that? God's will is something that people have debated about for years. That the thing is that we have to understand that God has, will means desire. Amen? And God has many desires for us. He desires for our families to be successful. He desires for us to be blessed. He desires for us to, to feel good in his presence. He desires for us to be saved. He desires for us to seek him. He has many desires, but he has this, this thing that's behind all of that. That's his perfect and awesome will. The pinnacle of his desire. And so I began this journey. And so I went to the Bible because... Anytime God asks you questions and, and you're having a relationship, it's always good to go to the word that he already put there. Amen? Amen. So let's go to it together where I went. And, and in Matthew 6, if you can open there and say amen when you have it. We're going to read in verse 10. Amen? You there? All right, uh, I'm reading New King James. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that beautiful? Let's read it again. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I read that. I read that and I read it and reread it and read it again. And I kept reading it because I, God kept asking me, you know, what is my will for earth? What is my will for the church? And I kept asking him and I kept reading it and rereading it. And I kept saying, yes, it's, it's your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Yes, that's, that's what it is. And he's like, yeah, but what is it? What is your will be done? And, and I read it one time. And, you know, sometimes you read the Bible and you can read the same verse, but it means a, a totally different thing when you read it like a third or fourth or fifth time or, or a tenth time, whatever. And I read it uh, another time as I was meditating with the Lord. And I read, your will be done. And when I read that, the word will came out of the page. Like, like if I was watching a 3D movie and I saw the word will in there. And I thought, oh, it's about your will. Oh, oh my, this whole, this verse Right here, it's about your will. He's like, yes, it, it is. But what is it? What is it? And I thought, oh, on earth as it is in heaven, that's your will. No, no, that's the outcome of the will. What's the will? What's my desire? What do I burn for? What's my ultimate desire for earth, for you as a child of God? What's my ultimate desire for earth and for the church here on earth? What is it? And I, I didn't have, mind you, God is challenging me. He's asking me questions that he knows the answers to. I'm like, Lord, just tell me. 
right? But, but it is, it is a, an awesome thing when you're discovering with him. When he hides a matter and you discover it. Amen? So I'm like, your will. It's, it's about your will. Yes, God, I, I want to do your will. Yes. Have anybody ever prayed that before? I want to do your will. Yes, God. In this situation, whatever situation, I pray, you know, before I used to pray that prayer because of fear. Let's be honest. Right? I used to be like, Lord, you know, I just want to do your will. And I wouldn't do anything. Right? But now, now in, in the new covenant, in grace, I could, I could pray this prayer. And, and I know his will is good, first of all. I know his will is good. His will is not bad. His desire, I'm going to use that word desire for will. That, that desire is good. Amen. Are you with me? So now I, I, I can pray that prayer and say, okay, Lord, let your, your good desire be done. And he kept challenging me. What is it? What is it? And I thought, there's so many things. There's so many things that. There's so many things that it, that's your will, but, but there's, a, there's a difference between the what, like what he's doing or what he's done, from the why. Why he does what he does. Amen? Are you with me so far? I'm excited. So, you know when the watch is coming on. So he said... Son, I want you to go back. Go back to the Gospels. Go read what Jesus said about my will. If you ever read the Gospels, you know that Jesus always kept talking about his Father's will. All the time. Anytime someone would question him, anytime someone would corner him, he kept replying and and pointing to the Father's will. So I went to read it, and every single time someone would ask him any question or, or corner him, or he would say, I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do my Father's will. <laughs> I'm here to do the will of him who sent me. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Why did you heal that person on the Sabbath? Because I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do my father's will. Hey, wait a minute. Why did you let that prostitute touch you? Because I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do my father's will. And he kept pointing at the father and pointing at the father's desire. Not not my will be done, but your will be done. Even Jesus had to submit his will under the father's will. Even Jesus had to surrender his desires under the Father's desire. See, that's a scary thought because as Christians, we have been taught wrong. We think that when we submit our will under the Father's will, we think that our dreams aren't going to come true. We think that God's not going to do anything that we desire to do. We think we're going to become robots. And that's not the case. When we submit our will under the Father's will, we get more of heaven. We get more of him. More goodness, more mercy, more blessings, more miracles, more signs, more wonders. More when we submit our will. 
It's the opposite of what the world teaches. The world teaches, do your own thing. Do whatever pleases you. Do whatever pleases you. Whatever you care about, that you do. But Jesus himself, Jesus himself was doing the Father's will. But what is it? The world teaches, do your own will. Everything is filled with that. Follow your heart. Do what you want. Live how you want. Be the sex that you want. Be the gender that you want. Be whatever you want. Do your own will. But Jesus taught us in this prayer that we read in Matthew 6 and through all the Gospels, he taught us. Not my will, but the Father's will. So I, I, I was reading that and eating it for months. Coming to church, listening to other people preach. And in my mind, in my heart, in my, in my home, in my car, in my own time alone. Eating this word that Jesus has a will. But he didn't do his will. He did his father's will. When you submit your will to the father's will, it is a glorious thing. So I came to that one, probably one of the most famous passages in the Bible about God's will with Jesus. In Luke chapter 22. If you can go to it. Luke 22. Are you with me? Luke twenty-two forty-two. You know this. If, if you don't, you will today. Luke twenty-two forty-two. Jesus, again, he is praying. Luke twenty two forty two. Are you there? Not. It'll be on the screen for you. It says, "Jesus saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done." Amen. Here's Jesus in, in agony, mind you. He's, he's a bit nervous and anxious about what's about to happen in his life. There's a, a cross that he has to go to. There's a sin that he has to carry. He has to die. He has to go to hell. He has to be resurrected. Amen. And he's in this moment in the garden here. And he has this, he has this idea. He has this thing that says, you know, if, if I don't have to do this, if there's a way 
for me not to be able to do this, I would rather not. That is his will. Jesus as a man, his desire in that moment was saying, if there is a way, if there's a chance, I would not want to go through this. Amen? But nevertheless, 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 let your will be done and not mine. Or the way he says it here, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Amen? So look, so Jesus has a will. The Father has a will. You have a will. I have a will. We all have a will. Our will is just as strong as God's will. I know that's weird to think about, but it is. Because he can't, he can't violate your will. He won't. He created it for you to be free, to have the freedom of choice. Your will is just as strong, is just as free as God's will. It's proven here in this passage where Jesus and Jesus's will and the Father's will collide. And the will of Jesus is saying, if this, if I don't have to go through this, Lord, if there's any way, there's another way to go through this, let's let's do that. Otherwise, let's just do what you want, though. Amen? Let's do what you want. So when I read that, I thought, wow, God. I, I'm so impacted by the fact that Jesus submitted his will under the Father's. He submitted his will under the Father's. And... And he was able to do the Father's will. And he showed me the Father through this journey. He showed me in this moment when I read this. Now, mind you, this is months of stuff. He said, look, look at how Jesus submitted his will. How do we get more of what God wants to do here on earth? More of us need to submit our will to his. More of us. Can you imagine a church in Christ, all of us together, in sub full submission of our wills under the Father's will? Bless you. Can you imagine what that would look like? A church on fire, so on fire for the Lord, because they just want to do the Father's will. They don't care about the next movie coming out. They don't care what's down the pipe. They just want to do the Father's will. Amen? And so, God began to, to ask me again, but what is, what is the will? What is my Father's will? He said, what is my father's will for this earth and for, and, for the, and for my church here on earth? And so I want to show you some more passages here of Jesus talking about 
the Father's will. Let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 34. Now this passage is when he's talking to the Samaritan woman. And his disciples come back. Are you there? All right, he says, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Again, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing that Jesus says, look, my food, my, my passion, my everything is to do the Father's will. That satisfies me. You want to feel fully satisfied in your walk with the Lord? Just do the Father's will. Do what he wills you. He says, the, 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 the food that you're offering me is not good enough. In comparison to the Father's will and me doing it. Amen? He's full, like he didn't eat. His disciples left to go eat as he converted an entire village of people. Jesus is preaching the gospel to an entire village. They all give their life to him. The disciples are eating. They come and say, Lord, we had just had some burritos and some tacos. Aren't you hungry? We haven't ate all day. I didn't see you eat. You were talking to that lady. Now you're talking to all these people. I didn't see you eat. Are you not hungry? No. I'm satisfied by doing my father's will. <laughs> Look, it's good to be blessed. God rewards us. He gives us promotions. He, he blesses us. Great families. All of that. Awesome. But what should satisfy us totally is doing the Father's will. So you didn't get the job. But you're still doing the Father's will. Right? And I'm not saying you won't. I'm just saying maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't get the raise. You know what? I didn't get the raise. Me. I didn't get the raise. But I'm doing my Father's will and I feel satisfied. You know, maybe I didn't get the, the thing I was praying for yet. I'm waiting. But I'm fully satisfied by doing my Father's will. And if that alone doesn't satisfy you, then you can get all the things in the world. You could be blessed by all the things that God can offer you. But you won't be satisfied if you're not satisfied with just alone doing the Father's will. And Jesus was. He's like, man, I don't care about your tacos right now. Don't you see this? 500 people gave their life to, to God right now? And you're talking about, did you eat? I believe God is calling us to submit our will 
to his. Like once and for all. Like are we in it or not? That's what I feel he's asking us to do. That's a great vision for this year. Submit your will. That's not what it is, but it's great. That's where it starts, actually. All right, go to the next chapter, chapter 5 in John. I I loved reading this book while I was studying um, through my journey. Chapter 4 and chapter 5 and then 6. But let's go to 5, chapter 5, verse 30, John 5, 30. Are you there? Jesus again speaking. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. Because I do not seek my own will. But the will of the Father who sent me. Woo! 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 Praise God! Praise God. There's so much. I I could preach this verse. Honestly, I could preach an entire sermon on this verse. I can of myself do nothing. I cannot do anything on my own. This is Jesus now. Okay, it's not Pastor Mario. It's Jesus the Christ. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. Why, Lord? Because I don't seek my own will. I don't have an agenda. I don't have a personal agenda. I don't, I'm not looking for the crowds or, or I'm not looking for growth. I, I don't have an agenda. All I want to do is my Father's will. I want to do what my Father wants. I want to do his will. Why don't you raise your right hand, close your eyes and say, I want to do my father's will. Yes. Jesus, I can't do anything on my own. But my judgment is righteous because I don't have an agenda. It's not about me. This is Jesus. And it is about him. That's the funny part. But he, he's communicating to us what it looks like. It's not about my agenda. It's not about my will. It's not about, about what I want. Right? It's not, it's not what I want from the church service. It's not what I want things to look like and feel like and people to be like. It's, it's about what God wants it to be like. What is the will of the Father? Yeah, we still haven't answered that. Because he says, I'm here to do my Father's will, but, but what is it? Like, where do, what's the ultimate, like, desire? Amen. John chapter 6. You could read these three chapters on your own time, and it is an amazing journey. John chapter 6, verse 38 answers it. I'm so excited for this. I was feeling a little weird this morning because I I had gone through this journey on my own and 
and told my wife and then told uh, the board and then just kind of left it there and like just, you know, went on to some other stuff at the Lord's. And then when I, this week when I started coming back to it, I was like, is this for real, Lord? But, you know, God confirms it. You ready? Did I tell you a verse, 38? John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Okay, let's stop right there. So first, he's talking about what he was sent here to do first. So he comes from heaven, amen, to do the Father's will. Are you with me so far? Okay, verse 39. This is the will of the Father who sent me. This is Jesus speaking. That all he has given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up on the last day. Pause again. This is the will of the Father for Jesus. Are you with me? The Father desires. Remember, will means desire. The Father desires for Jesus not to lose anyone that comes to him. For Jesus. That's not for us because he holds us. Are you with me so far? Okay, so this is the will of God for Jesus. So verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me. Now this is his will. That everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. On the last day. This is the will of him, the Father who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son may believe in him, live with him, have everlasting life, and be raised up on the last day. Praise God. This is, but how are people going to see Jesus? Because... He's leaving right here when, he, when, when he's saying this. He's going to be crucified and he's leaving. So how are people going to see Jesus and believe Jesus? But, but first, this is the will of the Father. The reason everything happened. The reason why we do everything. Why we worship. Why we pray. Why we prophesy. Why we spread the kingdom. Why we do miracles, signs, and wonders. The reason we do all of that is so that people can see Jesus and believe in him. This is the ultimate desire of the Father. The Father burns for people to see his Son. He, he yearns, he, he burns, he, he's passionate that people would see his son and believe in him. That's the will of the father. The reason he, he, he desires for, for good families, the reason he, he desires for good churches, for, for good leaders. Why? So that people can see and believe. Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, when you submit your will to the Father's will, people will see and believe in Jesus. This is the will. I asked the board this question. And I said, hey, guys, look. Let's say it's my birthday, right? And I love pancakes, okay? And I said, guys, for my birthday, I want pancakes, okay? And I want them from wherever, right? What would you guys get me? All of them said oranges. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) They all said, well, yeah, if you want something and we love you, then we're going to get you some pancakes, Amen? If the Father, His desire, His will is for people to see Jesus and believe in Jesus, what, as the church, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The Father's desire is for people to see and believe Jesus. What, as the church, what are we to do in response to that? Anyone? Be brave. Give people Jesus. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Submit our will. People want to see Jesus. I mean, the Father wants people to see Jesus and believe in him. Why? Because from that, so many great things come from that. So here it is. Here's the Father's will right here. He says, my ultimate desire is for people to see my son and believe in him. Have everlasting life with him and be raised up on the last day with him. That's my ultimate desire. And he looks at the church on earth, says, what are you going to do? But he just doesn't ask. He also provides. So here's the church in response to his desire. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible talks about the ministry of reconciliation. And he says that he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That he brought everyone everyone on earth to himself. It says there that he does not account people's sin when they come to him. And he says, Paul says, we have been given that ministry of reconciliation. That God is pleading through us. Come back to God. Or be reconciled with God. So here's the will of the Father saying, I want people to see Jesus, to know Jesus, to believe in him. And here's the response of the church saying, we have the ministry of reconciliation. We can bring you into the house of God. We can bring you into the fold. We can bring you into the family. Come back to God. Come back to God. When I read this, like when it really hit me the first time, I went crazy. I started writing stuff. 
I started doing, you know, just humanly stuff, you know, putting words together. And I'm like, this is amazing. And first of all, I thought it was a sermon. I didn't know it was like a life-changing thing for me. And it hit me so hard to know. Because sometimes you lose track. As, 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 as a church, as, as leaders, as Christians, you lose track of what really we are here for as a church. We're not here for, for, for just to be here, to take up space, to, to take up another building in a, in a community. We, we are here to, to fulfill the desire of our Father. Verse 40 says, and this is the will of him who sent me. That everyone who sees the Son would believe in him. And people are going to see the Son through you and through me. People are going to see Jesus through you and through me. And they're going to believe in him. Amen? Whether you, you prophesy to someone, even if it's a, a brother and sister in Christ, they're going to see Jesus through you. And they're going to believe more of him through you. Just when they thought that they had gotten to a place where they believe God, here comes a, a, a wild, crazy Christian that knows there's more, prays for them, and they believe more, and they see more Jesus and, and believe more Jesus. Amen? And I started thinking, wow, Lord, you want, and I, I got to tell you, this journey was, I heard a, a pastor say recently that the language of the spirit is visions and dreams. And I, I can confirm that. Even when God gives you word, it's, he gives you pictures of stuff. As, I, as I'm reading this, I, I see the, the goodness of the father and his, his desire for people to know his son. And a, a long time ago, I used to think that, can I say this? I, I used to think that, that God wasn't really interested in all of the population of the earth. Let's put it that way. I used to think that God was interested in a select few. But that's not what the Bible says. That's what people say. <laughs> Reading through these passages reconfirmed that God, the Father, he is interested for everyone on earth. Everyone on earth. There's a passage in 1 Timothy chapter 2. That says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Again, desires his will for all men to be saved. See and believe. See and believe. Did you know that, did you know that David 
that King David in the Bible, the reason God loved him so much is because he was after God's own heart, but also that he was willing to do God's will. That passage that says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, has a comma, and it says, who will do all my will. Amen? So we say, Lord, let your will be done. We know what what Jesus was saying now. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, meaning you want people here to see you as plainly as if we're in heaven. I started having all these visions, right? I'm getting towards the end here. I was having all these visions of masses of people coming to the Lord. And it started to, like, scare me. I thought I was like, this is weird. Like, and then the Lord asked me this question. There, did you know the population of earth is 6 billion and counting? Did you know that? No? What's 6 billion and counting? Okay. 6 billion, not million. 6 billion and counting. And he asked me a question. You ready? He said, is one billion too much? One billion too much for him? I think it's actually low number now, to be honest. But it, so, so that it would work in my brain, he asked me, is one billion too much? It's not. I know for a fact God desires. He desires for all of earth to see and believe Jesus. So I started seeing all these pictures of masses, stadiums, and like just people. Not, okay, I'm going to be very real right now. <laughs> There's times where you have those visions of, of masses. Me, but I'm preaching. Okay? These weren't like that. <laughs> these were like just me seeing, like being in the crowd kind of a thing. And seeing millions of people or thousands of people and crowds coming to the Lord. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of people coming to the Lord. And the Lord asked me this question. He said, son, this is what I want. This is my will for this earth. I want many to see my son and believe in him. And he said, what is the result or what does it look like? What, what would an earth look like with many people coming to the Lord? Thousands, millions of people coming to God and submitted wills. What would that look like? What would earth look like? What would families look like? Government. What would that look like? What would it look like? And I answered him. I said, reluctantly. Because it's weird. It would look like heaven. Because it's hell out there. The news, all of that. But when we submit our wills, when we give our wills to the Lord, and people see and believe, and many come to Christ, earth has to change. Things have to change.
I'm, I don't believe in, the, in from worse to worse. I believe from glory to glory. And I said, Lord, it would look like heaven, but that's weird. And then I thought, isn't earth supposed to, like, be gone, you know, destroyed and all that stuff? <laughs> and the Lord said, no, remember, I will make a new earth, a new heaven. So he showed me a mystery. He showed me a mystery of the will, which is in Ephesians chapter 1. I haven't even gone that long. Okay, this is 45 minutes. <laughs> so bear with me. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. New King James Version. Are you there? Check this out. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. This is the mystery of his will. What is it? That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. So what is the result of all of this? People seeing and believing in Christ, right? An earth that, that is being transformed, that, that God renews. What is the result of this? This is the mystery. This is what God wants. He wants what was at the beginning. You remember? Adam and Eve were put here on earth, but God had connection with them at any moment in time. What God is saying here in this passage is he's saying, I want the same thing that I had before with you. I want earth and heaven connected the same way they were back then. And it's possible with many people seeing and believing. And he wants that desire to be your desire and mine. That people would see and believe because ultimately what he wants is in heaven and earth united in Christ. That's what he wants. He wants a heaven and earth united in Christ. That's what the Father wants. He wants heaven and earth united in Christ. And the Lord showed me, he said, look, heaven and earth were always meant to be together. Like a, like a unit. Like a marriage. Where earth is always having access to heaven. Where we can pull from heaven. And he wants that connection again. And that is, that is our declaration today. That heaven and earth would be united in Christ. After all we have gone through today. <laughs> from understanding the will of the Father. From understanding uh, why he has a will and why we have a will. From understanding what it is that people would see and believe. He wants us to declare to everyone on earth. That it's time for us to, to focus on this message. Where heaven and earth is united in Christ. Amen. So I'm going to read something to you that I wrote a while back. We'll end with this. In a generation where it's all about me, a generation that looks for self-gratification, 
self-ambition, and selfish success. Where church leaders are concerned with likes, follows, and crowds. Where the world's attention is on hate, division, and violence. God the Father, more than ever, is saying, take your attention off of yourself. Take your attention off of results, off of division, violence, and earthly solutions. It's time to put the attention on whom should have had it this whole time. It is our Father's desire, His ultimate will, that the whole world would see and believe in Jesus Christ. It is our mandate for the next lifetime that everyone in our city, our nation, culture, and the world would see Jesus through our art, our worship, our love, our families, and ultimately our lives. It is the heart of God for His Son to be known and all eyes to be on Him. In a time where no one believes in anything good, people used to believe in God. They used to believe in family. They used to even believe in government. But they are no longer believing in much. The desire of the Father is that the entire population of earth would believe in his son. Because believing in heaven's eternal gift brings greater hope, greater satisfaction. It brings heaven. This is your will be done. Our Father's desire for the world is that they would see and believe in Jesus. See Jesus through us. See Jesus through us. And, and we will see Jesus through us as we declare heaven and earth united in Christ. Heaven and earth united in Christ. Amen? Amen. Give God a hand. I want us to think and meditate on this. This is, the, this is what God wants. This is what the Father wants. He wants back what he had before, and he can get it through Jesus and through us. So let, let us pray this afternoon to finish. God wants to use all of us here. He wants to use you. It doesn't have to be like a, like a ministry thing in regards to like in church. But he wants to use you at your, at your job. He wants to use you in school. He wants people to see and believe. Because the goal, like it says in Ephesians, the goal, the ultimate goal at the end of the day, at the end of time, at the end of the dispensation, is that everything would sum up in one, and that's Christ. Everything in heaven, it says, and everything on earth would be united in Christ. That his friends from heaven can now be friends with his friends from earth. He represents both heaven and earth as one. And that's what he wants. That everything that we do here at Grace and Love Church would be about getting what the Father wants. Doing his will. Submitting to his will. If we submit our will and we say, Lord, let your will be done here on earth, God, through my life. 
we're going to see more heavenly things. We're going to see more things that the Lord wants to do with us. When Jesus prayed that prayer in the garden, he said, Nevertheless, let your will be done and not mine. He submitted his will. The next verse, it says, Then an angel came from heaven and strengthened him. You see, he submitted his will, and then heaven came to the rescue. If we submit our wills, heaven is coming. Heaven and earth is united in Christ. That's what God wants, family. Why don't you raise your hands, and why don't you declare it with me? We know your desire, Father. Your desire is for this earth to be transformed. That it would be impacted, transformed, renewed. That lives would change. Your desire is for people to see and believe in your son Jesus. Because at the end of history, at the end of time, what you want, Lord, is heaven and earth united in Christ Jesus. Heaven and earth united in Christ. We declare it today as a church, God. Heaven and earth united in you heaven and earth united in you on earth god as it is in heaven lord heaven and earth united in christ if you're if you're looking for breakthrough it is in christ if you're looking for a renewal of mind it is in christ if you're looking to be fulfilled to have purpose it is in christ because he connects us to the Father who's in heaven. He connects us to heaven. Heaven and earth united in Christ. We declare it, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.